All right, y'all. Once again, everybody, happy new year. This is your man, L. Jamal, coming through with another edition of Never Out of Bounds. Of course, this is the place where you can say what you want as long as you got them facts. It is Sunday, so I'm going to be breaking down what uh, pretty much transpired over the course of the week. All the main stories, well, mostly over the course of the last part of the week, the weekend and so forth. Um, some some couple news, a couple bits of news to break down on the national side of things. Of course, uh, stimulus payments have gone out. I, I'm sure like many others, haven't gotten mine yet. Uh, Monday should be the latest that they should be coming in, or really they say technically January the 15th. So uh, let's see how it goes, y'all. I I get paid this week anyways. It will always be good to have that extra. Ooh, my fingers is crossed because that'll be good for me. But, hey, uh, that's the way it goes. Say la vie. Uh, another big story we got is, of course, uh, the Republicans, they just don't want to let this election thing go. Uh, looks like 140 members of Congress, including Ted Cruz, I want to say Marky, uh, Marco Rubio as well, are uh, deciding that they are going to contest uh, the election results. Uh, Trump has uh, recently been saying as though he's trying to get Georgia to find him 11,000 more votes, which would put him over the top. Uh, there's been two, at least maybe even three recounts in the state of Georgia alone. I'm not too sure what outcome he was trying to get. Um, again, I, I, I think it says something that, you know, you recounted the state of Florida two or three times. It's a Republican stronghold and you still don't win. It says something. I think it's crazy too, but that's just the way that it is. And, um, it's just all funny because this is the same party. They'll sit there and they'll argue and they'll try to sit there and say, well, it wasn't never proven, but I'm pretty sure that they colluded with Russia. So this is, again, this is your payback. You have to taste it. I know it's not fair. I know it doesn't taste right for you guys. I know you guys don't want to admit it, but you lost. Uh, was there anything shady? As far as I'm concerned, no. Because again, I, I shared with you guys my experience. Uh, I'm in California. I am a I am in a Democratic stronghold. I when I put in my ballot, I forgot to sign my ballot. Uh, at least two or three days later, I was giving a letter uh, back from the uh, county clerk telling me that I needed to sign the ballot in order for it to be valid. So um, I was I was given a I was given a uh, well I was given a slip with a signature uh, place, and that's what I did in order for my vote to count. So. Even in California, where you would think it'll just be, you know, uh, of course, it was still a landslide for Biden. Uh, but where you would think where if any any type of fraud or outrageous fraud would go down, it might be in a Democratic stronghold. By all means, no, it was exactly the opposite. So I do not believe uh, I do not believe that in any voter fraud, to be honest. Sorry. I just think Trump lost fair and square uh, with this. And, and again, um just like with this special report that I'm gonna guy, I'm gonna be bringing to you guys very soon on YouTube about these NFL ratings and how people are responding to them. Um, there's more to this shit than meets the eye, um, uh, definitely, uh, and, and that's how I'm gonna keep it. I don't want to get too too bogged down. I'm already kind of, you know, taking the different examples and all that. So let's just keep it, uh, you know, forward. Uh, just a recap on the national news: stimulus payments are out. They should be in your pocket by tomorrow morning. Tomorrow at some point, hopefully, we'll pray on it, <laughs> meditate on it, uh, generate, manifest positive well wishes uh, for you and myself uh, if you don't have yours. Um, and then, of course, Republicans, they are looking to challenge that certification, and I believe the certification should be taking place tomorrow. Uh, so I've never seen this situation before, so I don't know exactly what to expect. I don't know what to tell you guys to look out for. Uh, but I'm guessing there's supposed to be some type of, um, you know, press, or I wouldn't even say a press conference, but some type of Congress meeting. They call off on it, and I guess they're going to say no. 140 of them are going to say no. And whatever that, whatever takes place from that is what's going to take place from that. Okay? So let's move on. Uh, let's get into the sports. We have a lot of stuff to talk about in the sports realm. Of course, we have some NFL action, uh, um, you know, amongst us as we speak. I will be getting into those games tomorrow night, uh, possibly Tuesday morning, just depending on when uh, my special report for YouTube can come out. Uh, as far as some NFL news, though, uh, I do have some injury uh 
injury reports to break down here. Uh, the Bucks, uh, they will well if their game isn't hasn't already started yet, but they uh, if it has or has not, uh, they will be without their two linebackers Devin White and Shaq Barrett, uh, and also defensive lineman Steve McClendon. Of course, this is all COVID related. Trait for probably contract tracing as well. Uh, now for Shaq Barrett, he did not test positive, but a member of the team, or he was around somebody on the team who has tested positive. So because of that, he has to quarantine, uh, step out, and uh, you know not be there for at least 14 days. For the Rams, you got a few people out as well. Leonard Floyd, the linebacker with some abdominal pain, uh, he was supposed to be questionable. He may or may not play. Running back Daryl Henderson has been put. Uh, put on IR with a high ankle sprain. You also got wide receiver Cooper Cup and defensive tackle Michael Brockers out due to COVID protocols. Uh, as for Washington, Alex Smith uh, has returned to practice. Uh, he had returned to practice this week, but his status for today is uncertain. Although, I mean, like I said, he could play. He could not play. I do not believe the Washington game has started just yet as of me recording this uh for the packers uh they will be without a big uh, key uh to their offense left tackle david bakhtiari will be out for the rest of the season with a knee injury uh, like i said this is a devastating blow because we already know kind of how uh green bay operates of course with aaron Rodgers and being able to pass that ball left tackles are very important to the passing game of course they are the, the primary pass blocker without it uh you know against the threat of that, you know, that blind side, whether it be a defensive end or a blitzing linebacker uh, or maybe even a 4-3 linebacker or, sorry, a 3-4 linebacker. Um, very difficult without a, a solid offensive lineman there at that spot. So uh, I'm not saying, you know, this is a big blow necessarily for the Packers, but it's definitely a significant, well, it's a significant blow. I will definitely say that, at least offensively. Uh, for the Saints, uh, Alvin Kamara, their star running back, has tested positive for COVID. He will miss this game versus Carolina. And uh, moving on from the injury report, uh, actually, before I can get away from that, uh, positive thoughts to those guys. I hope you guys pull through regardless of what they got going on. Um, and I hope the people that are questionable or, or uncertain are healthy enough to play today. Uh, moving on, we have a bit of news here. It's college slash NFL news because it is dealing with a current college player. Uh, BYU's quarterback, Zach Wilson, has decided to enter the, enter the draft. Uh, Zach Wilson, again, uh, this is after his senior year at the school. Uh, this is a season where he passed for over 7,000. Uh, sorry, he's this is where he's passed for over his career. Uh, he's been there for three years. Like I said, he's a junior. Uh, he's passed for over 7,650 yards, 56 touchdowns. He also just has 16 uh, interceptions. Uh, on this season, he would complete 75, uh, sorry, 73% of his passes while throwing for over 3,690 yards uh, with 33 touchdowns and just three interceptions. Oh, man, three, 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 numerology. Oh, my God, damn. What the fuck? Uh, the Cougars will finish 11-1 this season. And their only loss would come to Coastal Carolina. Uh, they also end up blowing out UCF, a.k.a. Central Florida, in the Boca Raton ball, a.k.a. the mouth of the rat ball. Uh, he's projected to be the third quarterback taken and the 14th player overall, according to Mel Kuyper Jr. Of course, we've talked about him before in his draft rankings. Uh, again, they are, I mean, again, they are significant. There's times where he could be off a little bit, but for the most part, uh, your boy, Mel Kuyper he seems to know what he's talking about. Uh, but let's move on into some college uh, football, some scores from college football. Of course, we had some bowl action. Uh, let's start off with some New Year's Eve stuff. Uh, we had in the Armed Forces Bowl, Tulsa uh, taking a two-point loss to Mississippi State, 26-28. This could also lead, in a, lead into an all-out brawl uh, near the end of the game. I don't have any uh, news as, a, as you know in terms of punishments handed down, uh, either by the SEC or uh, I believe it's the American uh, in which Tulsa plays or the NCAA just yet. Uh, it was also reported that the head coach for Mississippi State, Mike Leach, was somewhere off on the sidelines taking pictures with fans, not even really interacting or trying to stop the fight. That's pretty crazy. Uh, so we will see what happens. Uh, but again, Mississippi State ends the year on a win. Uh, moving on to the Arizona ball, we have San Jose State. Uh, this, this is a... a, a a pretty significant upset in my opinion. Uh, San Jose State will go down uh, to Ball State, and again, San Jose State came into this one uh, undefeated at seven and zero. 
and they would be also ranked at number 22 in the nation. But they would lose this one 34-13 again against Ball State. Coming out of the MAC uh, conference, however, Ball State was undefeated coming into this game as well. So maybe on paper it could have been an upset, but in reality... Maybe they were more evenly uh, matched than we thought. Uh, for Ball State, Drew Pitt will go will lead the way. Uh, the quarterback will go 12 of 19 for 217 yards. He would have a touchdown through the air and two, uh, also a touchdown on the ground. Excuse me. Running back Will Jones would have 89 yards on the ground and also a touchdown. Johannes Tyler would be the team's leading receiver with four catches, 103 yards, and a touchdown. Safety Bryce Cosby would lead the team in tackles with nine. He would also have the interception. And linebacker Jimmy Daw would have five total tackles and an interception. For San Jose State, quarterback Nick Starkell would go 25-42 for 268 yards. He would throw a touchdown, but he would have three picks. Uh, quarterback Nick Walsh would get some burn, too. He would go one of four, but he would throw a pick as well. Uh, Tyler Nevins would be the team's leading rush with their 37 rushing yards. Wide receiver Trey Walker would lead the team with seven receptions and 81 yards. Wide receiver Jeremy Braddock would have a receiving touchdown in safety. Jonathan Leonard. Jr., sorry, Jonathan Lennard Jr. would have 12 total tackles. Uh, pretty much what I took away from this game was, again, a lot of, you know, uh, turnovers on account of, of the Spartans. Uh, and Ball State just took advantage of that. Again, you don't see too much of either of, either of these teams uh, because, again, they're not big-time schools, so you don't see a lot of them on the major networks. So you kind of just kind of got to look into catching their highlights every now and again. You have to actually, you know, look into them. You have to be, in my opinion, you would probably have to be more of a fan of these teams to kind of get into them. So, again, looking at this ball game, I didn't really know exactly what to expect from either team. Uh, but I just knew that San Jose State just so happened to have a, the better record. Also, also they had a, a upset win over Boise State, which I thought came at a very important time near the end of the year. So, I personally had them the favorite, but at the same time, it wouldn't really have been fair because I had personally never seen Ball State at all this year. I very rarely ever see Ball State play. You probably won't either, again, unless you're in that area of the country where they play locally. Or, again, they're just on some big monster run for a couple of years and the national media decides to put them on TV. That's just kind of that's just the way that they do. I mean, whether it's fair or not, hey, I mean, as a, as a fan, it's like, hey, you know, you like who you like. You can you can get into them if you want to. But as somebody who wants to really study everybody and get into everything, it's really it's not as difficult. I mean, it's not super difficult. But again, I would have to go. I have to go a little bit deeper to find out about Ball State and teams like Tulsa, even Tulsa, and uh, even like Army sometimes. Because again, they're just not always. They're not going to be talked about. West Virginia, uh, win, lose, or draw because they were in action in the Liberty Ball. Again, they're going to talk about teams like West Virginia, even Mississippi State. And Mississippi State is middle of the pack in their conference, but for some reason they'll get more pub. Uh, they'll get more pub than a team like Arizona, even in, the, in a year like this where Arizona, I'm sorry, I'm uh, sorry, uh, San Jose State, excuse me, uh, where San Jose State is ranked, and they were pretty much undefeated going into their very last game of the season. And again, I heard way more about Mississippi State, and again, Mississippi State was average at best, uh, as opposed to San Jose State. So uh, that's just the way, you know. Again, this is a little. Uh, a little note about how college football media works. Again, like I said, uh, West Virginia was in action against Army in the Liberty Bowl. They get the win in that one, 24-21. Uh, we also got the Peach Bowl, where Georgia gets it done against number 8 Cincinnati. Of course, Georgia came into this one 99. Uh, they get it done by 3, 24-21 is the final score. Georgia finishes the year at 8-2, and two, and Cincinnati finishes at 9-1. and one. For Georgia, JT Daniels will lead the way 26-38 for 392 yards. He would have a touchdown, but he would throw a pick. Samir White would have a rushing touchdown. Uh, we have George Pickens with the, uh, being the team's leading receiver with seven catches, 135 yards, and a touchdown. Linebacker Aziz Adjulari would have three sacks, and linebacker Adam Anderson would have two sacks. Uh, for Cincinnati, Desmond Ritter, of course, uh, would lead the way for them. 24-37 uh, uh, through the air for 206 yards. He would have two touchdowns. Jerome Ford would be the team's leading rusher with 97 yards and a touchdown. Uh, tight end Joshua White, uh, sorry, Joshua Weil would have a receiving touch, uh, touchdown, excuse me, and linebacker Darian Beavers would have seven total tackles and a sack. Uh, moving on, we got some New Year's Day action. We got the Citrus Bowl with Northwestern beating up on Auburn, 35-14, to 14, of course. Uh, Northwestern came into that one, number 14. Uh, in the Rose Bowl, uh, this is no surprise really to me, uh, honestly, especially after I saw the ACC Championship, uh, 
but Alabama blows out uh, number one. Alabama blows out number four Notre Dame, 31 to 14. Alabama maintains that undefeated spot. Of course, they move on to the championship game. Notre Dame uh, finishes the year at two, sorry, ten and two. Uh, for Notre Dame, Ian, Ian Brook would go 27 to 39, 229 yards. He would throw a pick. Uh, he would have 55 yards on the ground and a touchdown. Uh, running back Kyron Williams would have 54 yards on the ground. The team's leading rusher, he would have a touchdown. Uh, tight end Michael Mayer uh, would have a receiving touchdown. Uh, and Kyle Hamilton would have uh, seven total tackles. Um, excuse me. Uh, Sorry, seven total tackles. And uh, moving on to Alabama, Mac Jones will go 25 of 30 for 297 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, running back Najee Harris would have 125 yards. Devontae Smith, uh, basically my favorite for the Heisman at this point, especially since Kyle Trask uh, last game. We also had, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll talk about uh, Trevor Lawrence in a second. Uh, but Devontae Smith at this point, clear-cut favorite for the Heisman. Seven receptions from him, 130 yards and three touchdowns. Defensive back DeMarco Hall would have 12 total tackles in a sack. And linebacker Christian Harris would have uh, six total tackles in a sack. Uh, moving on to the Sugar Bowl course, the other semifinal uh, matchup for the college football playoff. Uh, we had Ohio State taking out Clemson 49-28. to Of course, Ohio State was number three. Clemson was the number two team in the nation. Ohio State remains undefeated at ten, sorry, at seven and zero, and Clemson uh, finishes the year at ten and two. Uh, for Ohio State, Justin Fields under center would go 22 of 28, 385 yards. He would have six touchdowns and an interception. Trey Sermon again increases, well, sorry, continues his rise to greatness. 193 yards from him and a touchdown. Wide receiver Chris Olave would have six catches for 132 yards. He would have two touchdowns. Tight end Jeremy Rucker would have 55 receiving yards and two touchdowns. Defensive back Sean Wade would have nine total tackles. And defensive back Seven Banks, I like that name. Seven banks. If he goes pro, he gonna have like seven banks worth of money. No, I'm joking. Stop. Corny dad jokes. I'm not, not even a dad yet. Ladies, hey, step jack jokes. Ah, ah, no, 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 no. We'll talk about that later. Anyways, for Clemson, Trevor Lawrence, 33 of 48, 400, 400 yards to the air, two touchdowns and an interception. Travis, 18, 32 yards and a touchdown. A uh, very uh, low output game from him. Uh, Robert receiver Co uh, Cornell Powell would have eight receptions for 139 yards and two touchdowns. And defensive lineman Brian Brees would have five total tackles and a sack. Moving on, uh, we had some action, of course, yesterday as well. Uh, we had the Gator Ball. Kentucky got it, got it done against an overrated NC State team, in my opinion. 23-21 to was the final score there. Of course, like I said, uh, NC State was number 23. They were overrated. I'm just going to say that. Outback ball, we got Ole Miss um, taking out number 11, Indiana, minus their their great quarterback, Michael Penix Jr. A little bit of a shame here. 26-20 was the final score. Like I said, Ole Miss gets the win. Uh, their head coach, Lane, Giff Lane Kiffin, gets himself a contract extension for the win. Speaking of contracts, weak-ass Jim Harbaugh got himself an extension. Yeah. We'll talk about that at another point. Ole Miss uh, was led by Matt Coral, 30 of 40, uh, 30 of 44, 342 yards. He would throw two touchdowns. Henry Parrish Jr. would have 63 rushing yards. Uh, he would be the team's leading leader there. Uh, Gerard Connor would have 43 yards as well. And he would put up a touchdown. Wide receiver Dontario Drummond uh, would be the team's leading receiver. He would have six catches for 110 yards and a touchdown. Uh, tight end Casey Kelly would have a receiving touchdown. On defense, linebacker Jacquez Jones would have 13 total tackles. And defensive back Otis Reese would have nine total tackles and an interception. Uh, Jack Tuttle for Indiana would go 26 of 20, 26 of 45 for 201 yards. He would throw a pick. Stevie Scott would have 99 yards on the ground and two touchdowns. Watt Filer or Filior would have 81 receiving yards. And linebacker Micah McFadden would have six total tackles and a sack. All right, y'all, to cap everything off, of course, my Ducks had to go down again in uneventful fashion. Uh, number 25-ranked Oregon goes down to number 10-ranked Iowa State. 17 to 34 is the final score here. Oregon finished four, f finishes the season at four and three. I don't think they should have really been in the top 25, to be honest with you. Despite winning the Pac-10, I mean, of course, uh, they just kind of pushed them along just to kind of, you know, put us in a ball game. 
I don't think we deserve that high rated of a ball game, to be honest with you. Um, we weren't ready for a number 10 team. Anyways, uh, Iowa State finishes number three. I will get, break it down right now. Uh, for the Ducks, Anthony Brown will lead the way 12-19, 147 yards. He would have two rushing touchdowns. Tyler Shuck, who I think should not be the starter next year. I think we should go with Brown. 7-9, 79 yards and an interception. Johnny Johnson would be the team's leading receiver uh, going f uh, for four catches and 41 yards. Again, no touchdowns from any of our receivers, but I think it's also because at the same time, we didn't really, really emphasize a whole lot. I, it's play calling, I think, offensively, and I don't think it's the receiver's fault. Um, we just don't. First of all, we only get three-star max wideouts anyways. I'm not going to say that they're bad. No, I'm not even going to put them down like that. No, that's not, that's a, almost seems like a put-down in itself. But for our offensively, I think a lot of it is what we can do running the ball. And I think um, as well. And we did not have that balance here. I think we have Anthony Anthony Brown getting two rushing touchdowns, but uh, Cyrus and Bibi Likio was nowhere to be found in short yarder situations. C.J. Verdell, where the hell was he at? Uh, we also have Jalen Reddy supposed to be making these. He's supposed to be like a really fast kind of playmaker on the outside. Those guys never showed up. And again, I saw this even in the Oregon loss, C.J. Verdell missing. Um, and on the flip side for Iowa State, Reese Hall, he goes for a buck 36 and two touchdowns. And again, it's indicative of the cow loss. Correct me if I'm wrong. Marcel Dancy, I believe that's the starter for Cal. He ran for over 100 on, on us. Uh, and we ended up losing that game as well. Time, time of possession and people scoring on us, that's a bad disaster for us, um, off, for us defensively. Um, and, but I think it, it really, I, if, if I'm smart about this, and if I, if I really trust in what we've been doing with our recruiting classes, because again, uh, Oregon has made a lot of strides in terms of recruiting. This might take us a step back. Of course, everybody's, you know, people are going to look at this. Uh, but I think for one, I think if you replace the quarterback, get somebody a little bit more comfortable with, of course, yes, running the ball a little bit. But I like the 12 of 9 um, and the 147 from Anthony Brown as opposed to the 7 and 9 and 79 with an intercession for, from Shuck. Um, so I definitely think Brown is the more capable quarterback even even passing the ball. Uh, I think for one, again, the running game, didn't, for us, the running game didn't show up. But I think a loss like this uh, definitely opens up the defense a little bit, gets them a little bit hungrier because this is like the second or third loss that they kind of had like this. And they were supposed to be really highly rated. You got Kevon Th uh, Thibodeau, uh, you got Slade Matatuia. There's a lot riding on that defense, honestly, because there's some, that's some real talent there uh, that people and it's not showing. It's not indicative um, of what's going on. Brock Purdy for uh, Iowa State would go 20 and 26, or sorry, 20 and 29 for 156 yards and a rushing touchdown. Again, a rushing touchdown from the quarterback. Again, the rushing defense has to improve. Uh, this is something that I've never seen before. Um, for as many changes as Oregon has went through, um, as many uh, things, you know, phases that we had offensively, uh, whether it was under Chip Kelly, uh, where it was just points being scored everywhere, we're blowing out everybody, even Mark Hefferich, the same kind of thing, a little bit more balanced in the approach, I feel, and maybe play calling, maybe. Um, I feel this this offense has gone a little bit more pro style. I'll give them that. Um, it's a little bit harder up front, of course, with the offensive linemen. My my thing is, I've never seen a Oregon defense not play this well against the run. I looked at the years under Nick Aliotti. We've never really finished last in the conference. I don't think we finished last so many years in the conference under Avalos either, but it's just the way that it looks on on the screen, on the camera, it doesn't translate to me. Uh, we have a lot more talent here. Um, so I, I think there needs to be cha a change, not only in, well, I think, you know, I don't know what happens with the running back spot. I mean, we're, we again, I, I there's, that's what, again, that's another key, you know, going into next season, making sure we have consistent running back play. I don't know what happened with C.J. Verdell. That's one of our biggest factors, I think, that was missing this game, honestly. Um, 
So, and, and honestly, you know, outside of Shuck's interception, we played a relatively, you know, s- s- smart game. Not too many, you know, not too many, you know, bad plays. No real, you know, costly turnovers. Except for the Shuck interception. And also what I did see, though, what I did see also. So there's some there's some things that we have to question on this team on both sides, actually. Uh, I'm looking at it right now because, again, um, even defensively, again, I want to give the, another and another thing that defensively the Ducks did not do was they did not get off the field on third down either. I saw uh, Iowa State converting on, on third and six and longer, and I'm just like, what the what the hell is this? So there's a lot of questions Oregon has going into the offseason. I think it's I think it is okay if somebody like our our D coordinator like Avalos walks away. We get somebody new. We, I think we are going to need some new blood. We might even need some new blood in terms of positioning coaches and, and in terms of maybe on the offensive side as well because uh, it's. We have a lot of fucking talent here for us to not be this game. If we lose a game like this, we at least should have had 28 points. We at least should have had 30 points. This could have been a lot closer than what than what our talent suggests. We possibly even could have won this game. We could have even had a, a a much better record in total. Um, is it head coaching altogether? I don't. I'm not gonna say all that. I might. I'm gonna say it's positional. Uh, I think we're recruiting very well. I think Cristobal has shown in his own development as a coach and some of the stops he's made that he's he can improve. But I think our positional coaches and maybe even our coordinators uh, can can cease to kind of exist here. <laughs> I think we might need some new blood here. Uh, I do have some news uh, to talk about uh, coming out of Texas. Uh, they It looks like they have let go of their head coach, uh, Tom Herman, after four seasons. Uh, he did go twenty, uh, sorry, thirty-two and eighteen, uh, but this uh, season they would finish seven and three with a win in the Alamo Bowl. Now, <clears throat> for a lot of people, they might say, "Well, he finished with a relatively decent record, thirty-two and eighteen. Uh, this year he did not do so bad. He won a ball game. Yes, he won a postseason game. He finished with a, a winning record. Yes. Uh, the, however, the biggest." issue here is that he failed to return Texas to national relevancy. They made it to just one conference title game, which they lost uh, 27-39 versus rival Oklahoma, and although they would beat Georgia in that year's Sugar Bowl, uh, Herman would finish 7-5 that very next year, and they would they would fail to produce a top 10 finish under his watch. They would also go 1-3 versus Oklahoma. A lot of schools, again, I've brought it up many different times. This is why I'm very surprised somebody like Jim Harbaugh still has a job. Because he's trash against Ohio State. He hasn't won a Big Ten title yet. And he's recruiting on par with all these different schools. And he ain't doing shit. But here you get Tom Herman. He gives you another 7-3 record. Although, and a ball win. Yeah, you don't beat Oklahoma as much as you'd like to. But you let him go. It just, it just you know. Just how the team gets down. Just every team is different, I guess. Now, the Longhorns have brought in Alabama offensive coordinator Steve Sarkeesian uh, to take over. Uh, now, as an offensive coordinator, he's been awarded this year's Browse Award, which is for the best, uh, off, I believe, the best offensive coordinator in the nation. Uh, he is base, He has basically led Alabama to their highest offenses, their highest scoring offenses in the past two seasons. So some record-breaking stuff here, of course. Um, we already know that he's coached up that, you know, he's coached up the offense with Devontae Smith, of course, Najee Harris down there, Heisman finalist, also Mac Jones, another Heisman finalist, of course, uh, he would coach up to attack of Loa as well. But before here, uh, he was, he got his big break at USC where he started off as a quarterback's coach. He would end up coaching up, uh, Carson Palmer there, also Matt Liner. Now, outside of, uh, doing all that, he would also serve as a head coach, uh, compiling a record of 46 and 35 between two schools, USC and Washington. Uh, he would serve as Washington's head coach between t- uh, 2009 and 2013. So right after I got out of high school, I actually remember this happening. I thought it was a pretty okay pickup. I didn't like it because he just—I felt like he knew the Pac-12 he, at the time or the Pac-10. I felt he kind of had an upper hand coming from USC. I was like, damn. All right, well, we'll see what happens, but. He didn't have the greatest of success, but he did spend uh, spend two seasons at USC. Now, 
he would face some drama uh, from the athletic director at the time uh, at USC, who was uh, Pat Hayden, uh, after it was revealed that he had an alcohol problem. He was then fired and he would enter rehab. Uh, he would also work in the NFL after, you know, all the drama subsided uh, with his alcoholism. He got it together. Uh, he would also work in the NFL uh, as a um, offensive coordinator for the Falcons for two years as well, from 2017 to 2018. So he has a lot of uh, different connections. He has coached on different levels of the sport, at least college and uh, the pros. I don't know if he ever has any high school um, experience, but again, uh, he does have those NFL connections. He's been there, done that. He's also been a college head coach before. So, I mean, it's a good pickup by Texas. I get it. Um, they just want to really, I mean, Texas is probably the most desperate school, in my opinion. Um, after looking at a move like this, I feel like Texas is the most desperate school out there who's trying to get back to national relevancy. They, they are tired of losing. They are tired of finishing not in the top 25 or not in the top 10. They are tired of not competing for national championships, and I get it. Um, we'll see what's, you know, what it, what, you know, it, time will tell. Just like the song by my favorite band, one of my favorite bands, Asia. Only time will tell. Well, at least my favorite song by that band specifically. I don't know if that's one of my favorite bands. But anyways, that's nothing important. That's not that important. Um, let's take a break. I got to get into some basketball. I'll be right back, y'all. Let's talk some college basketball for a little bit. Uh, we have some news coming out of Duke. Uh, Duke's head coach, Mike Krasinski, has been placed in quarantine and contract tracing, tracing after coming in contact with a person uh, positive with COVID. Coach K has himself not tested positive, but due to COVID protocols, was unable to travel with the Blue Devils to their next matchup at Florida State. The game was ultimately canceled at the contract tracing found that a Florida State Seminole tested positive as well. Duke has not played in two weeks since their last game versus Pittsburgh, and uh, was also that was also postponed due to COVID. Now, per the usual 10 to 14 day quarantine, his status on January 6th game versus uh, Boston College is uncertain. Now, Duke is facing a whole lot of issues when it comes to this. That their females, their female squad, just recently canceled their entire season. So, again, the men's team brings in the money, so I don't see them canceling. But um, as far as uh, Krzyzewski, I think that's how you pronounce it, or Krzyzewski, I can't even pronounce his name right. Uh, they just call him Coach K. Anyway, but anyways, uh, he, sh I mean, he, as I mean, I don't think he's, well, he didn't test positive. So, uh, given a 10 to 14 day quarantine, as long as he doesn't test uh, positive anytime within that, you know, period, uh, he should be back uh, within a couple of days. Like I said, they got a game versus Boston College. Um, Duke is okay. I think, I mean, they will be all right even if he wasn't around. Uh, the question is, though, how are they going to make up these two subsequent games, though, uh, Florida State and also Pittsburgh? That's their biggest question right now. Uh, another story uh, coming out of West Virginia. Uh, one of their starters has walked away from the program. Of course, we were talking about the number nine West Virginia Mountaineers. Uh, they recently lost their Ford, their sophomore Ford, Oscar Sheibwe. Uh, uh, he has announced that he's stepping away from the program for the rest of the season due to personal reasons. Uh, there is a transfer rumor going around. I don't know how true this is. Again, um, we'll just have to see. It's kind of, again a personal. I mean, you never know. I mean, it is kind of mid-season. Um, but again, last season he averaged over 11 points a game and also over nine rebounds. And he originally wanted to enter the NBA uh, draft, but has decided to return to school. I don't know if that was the best decision or not for him. Uh, I definitely think he was still raw just based on what I saw. I didn't even see any type of, uh, I hadn't even read any type of scouting reports on him. Uh, but just basically from what I was seeing, I thought he was still raw. I think he, 
just should have came back for another year. Uh, but the problem about that is his stats have now dipped for some reason. Now, is that because of playing time, uh, effort? Uh, eight and a half points is his average is right now. Seven and a, sorry, over seven rebounds in just 20 minutes per game. Uh, he is all he is all but fallen out of draft projections. Um, and uh, I actually recently checked in on an interview uh, this weekend with uh, Bobby Huggins. Uh, he is the head coach over there in Mountain for the Mountaineers in West Virginia. And uh, when they asked him pretty much how he felt about him walking away and what you know is you know what the team plans on doing, his first result is his first response is we're gonna win more. So I don't know if there was an issue between him and the coach, but the coach seems to be kind of done with that. He's saying he can uh, make it work without him. He's going to have a couple of his uh, backup centers and forward kind of take his place. Um, he's saying he can spread out the floor more with his guards. He's capable of doing that now without him. So that's a that's that's a little bit of a cold thing to say, uh, but you know, who really knows what happened there? But. As of now, Oscar Shebway, uh, Tashibwe, uh, is looking like he's not returning to West Virginia at this point. Well, he's not returning to West Virginia this season. Let's see what happens over the course of the offseason. All right, let's talk some scores from over the weekend. Uh, you know, we had a lot of top 25 matchups yesterday. Uh, first up, we had number 12, Missouri, uh, getting it in against Arkansas, 81-68, number 11, Creighton. Uh, gets a win over conference rival Providence, 67 to 65. We have a Big 12 matchup against number eight Texas and number three Kansas. Uh, number eight Texas got it done, 84 to 59. Texas moves up to 81 on the year. Kansas loses their second game uh, to move to eight and two. Texas was led by guard Courtney Ramey. He would have 18 points, four rebounds, and two assists. Guard Andrew Jones would have 14 points, seven assists, and three assists. And guard Matt Coleman would have 13 points, six assists. And six rebounds for Kansas. They were led by four, Jalen Wilson. He would have 20 points and seven rebounds. And Oshai uh, Agabi, uh, sorry, Agbaji would have 11 points and five rebounds from the guard spot. For Kansas, a uh, really poor shooting game from them. They would go three of 23 from three. Uh, Texas would have two other players and double figures uh, with Ford Kai Jones with 12 points and five rebounds. And also Jericho Sims with 11 points and 12 rebounds. So, uh, you know, for, you know, for as difficult as it was for Kansas to make shots, it wasn't difficult for Texas. And that's the key to that story right there. Texas uh, blows out Kansas. This is the biggest, uh, I think, the big, biggest margin of victory, the third biggest margin of victory uh, in their series. Moving on, some more Big 12 action. Number two, Baylor gets it done against Iowa State, 76-65. to uh, Moving on, we have a Big 10 matchup between two ranked teams. Number 10, Iowa gets it done against number 14, Rutgers, 76-75. to Iowa is now nine and two. Rutgers is seven and two. Um, for Iowa, they were led by center Luca Garza, twenty-five points, four rebounds from him. Forward Keegan Murray had fourteen points and nine rebounds, and guard Jordan Bohannon would have thirteen points, four assists, and four rebounds. For record, guard Jacob Young would have seventeen points, three rebounds, and four assists. And guards Ron, oh sorry, guard Ron Harper Jr. Yes, Ron Harper's son from the Bulls. And center Miles Johnson had 13 points as well as two other players for the Scarlet Knights. Uh, moving on, number nine, uh, West Virginia takes an upset loss to Oklahoma, 71 to 75. West Virginia is now eight and three. Seven, uh, sorry, it's eight and three. Uh, Oklahoma moves to six and two. Uh, for West Virginia, they were led by Ford, Jalen Bridges. Again, that was one of the Fords uh, that Huggins had mentioned that would take Shashibwe's spot. 19 points, three rebounds from him. Guard Tash Sherman for 19 points. And guard Miles McBride would have 15 points, four assists, and three rebounds. For Oklahoma, guard uh, Umoja Gibson will lead the way. 29 points, five rebounds, and two assists. Uh, guard Austin uh, Reeves would have uh, 13 points, thir sorry, three assists and three rebounds. And guard Devin Harmon would have 10 points, four assists, and three rebounds. A couple takeaways from this game. Uh, West Virginia led a strong second half comeback that just came up short. Uh, 41, 51 to 37, it just came up short in the grand scheme of things. Uh, West Virginia was outscored 41 uh, to 36 in the first half. Uh, oh, sorry, out rebounded. Excuse me, was out rebounded 41 to 36 and had 14 turnovers. That was pretty much the 
the the key factor for them losing that one. Uh, moving on, some more Big 12 action. Oklahoma State gets it done against Texas Tech, 82-77. to More Big 10 action with number 15, uh, Illinois, getting done against Purdue, 66-58. to uh, Moving on, we got Alabama getting it done against Tennessee, 71-63. to We also got... Um, Ooh, excuse me, Alabama. Sorry, like I said, oh, sorry. Alabama gets it done against Tennessee, seventy-one to sixty-three. Uh, we also got, uh, oh God, Alabama goes to seventy-three. Tennessee is seventy-one. Excuse me, guys. Uh, for Alabama in this game, uh, they were led by guard John Petty, nineteen point seven rebounds and two assists. Josh, uh, Josh Primo, the other guard, and also guard Josh Jones. Sorry, Herb Jones. Herb Jones with 11 points. Oh, boy. Uh, for Tennessee, guard Victor Bailey Jr. would have 16 points, uh, seven rebounds, and two assists. And guard uh, Santiago Viscovi would have 13 points and four rebounds. A couple takeaways from the game. Tennessee shot terribly. 31 points from the field, four of 21 from three. They also shot below average, in my opinion, from free throw, 65%. Uh, they were outscored in the second half, 40 to 34. Uh, we also got a win from Gonzaga, 85 to 62 over San Francisco. They maintained that number one spot. And number 17, uh, Michigan State, gets it done against Nebraska, 84 to 77. And uh, Oregon got a win against Stanford, but I don't have those final scores in front of me. Sorry, y'all. Oh, well. Let's move on to the NBA. We got to keep it pushing. It's a new year, y'all. Um, in the NBA, no real news to talk about, I don't think. No, just some games to go over. Uh, on Friday, uh, actually, no, yeah, Friday, uh, there was a Western Conference clash. I think uh, something to take some notes from between the Blazers and the Warriors. 123 to 98 was the final score there. I do believe that they have a rematch today. Uh, the Blazers were led by Dame, 34 points, 8 assists. He would have 4 rebounds. Uh, he's also reached a 15,000 career points. Uh, CJ would drop 28 points and 4 assists. And Mello would have 18 points as well as 5 rebounds. For the Warriors, uh, Steph would have 26 points, 8 rebounds, and 5 assists. Uh, he would go just 4-12 from 3, though. Draymond was back. He would just have 0 points, 4 rebounds, and 4 uh, assists. Andrew Wiggins would have 15 points as well and 4 rebounds. Some takeaways from the game, I never seen shooting splits from Golden State like this before. 38% from the field, 20, uh, 28, 20% from three. I believe they went 7 of 31 or something like that. Uh, the Blazers held the advantage on the boards, including 8, eight to 3 off offensive rebound advantage. They also had 11 steals. Uh, Golden State would have 15 turnovers. Uh, a couple takeaways from the game um, overall. Uh, A three and two start, I think, is good for the Blazers right now, but I'm a little bit concerned about Robert Covington's production. He only had eight points and 11 rebounds in that game, as well as just two assists. Uh, CJ and Dane will combine from uh, 62 points on 46% three point shooting. So, again, a lot of their offense is still going through CJ and Dane, and then you got Melo just kind of in the mix. That's not what I wanted to see necessarily. Um, yeah, I don't, I, I think it looks okay now, but. Um, and we can beat somebody like Golden State, but I don't think it means a whole lot in the grand scheme for us. Uh question I have for Golden State is who's going to step up for you guys? Uh, Kelly Oubre would have uh, 10 points and four rebounds on very efficient, inefficient shooting. Uh, Pascal, Eric Pascal, the fourth, would have 13 points. I'm pretty sure you're not going to get that from him every night. Um, and again, Andrew Wiggins can give you 15, but you're going to need more than 15. We obviously know that you're going to need more than 15. So who's going to be that person to kind of step up for you guys? Uh, James Wiseman had a few good games. Uh, he did not show up last night. Uh, so we'll have to see what goes down with the Warriors. It's I, I'm going to say welcome back down to earth, guys. Uh, yeah, you guys got a very elitist for the past few years. So it's good to see you guys uh, take, a, take, a, take a peg down. Just the fan base, not even the players. It's kind of unfortunate for the players just because they have to face so much injury. I'm only, I'm only down for Clay because he has to face pain and injury. I think that sucks. But for the fan base, it's like, eh, deal with it, guys. You know, there's team that suffer all the time. You guys are too over. A lot of you guys are still in denial, anyways, about it. <laughs> That's the funny thing about it. You guys have fallen. We'll see how the season goes, but you guys are. Hey, your guys are not going to be that good. 
The Wizards got their first win on Friday night. Uh, it was against the Timberwolves, 130 to 109. Uh, of course, they are one and five. Timberwolves go to two and three. Uh, Bradley Bill would score 31 points in that game, seven assists. He would get seven assists and three rebounds. Thomas Bryant would get 18 points, seven rebounds, and two assists. And Jerome Robinson would put up 13 points as well. Um, a couple of notes uh, from that game. Uh, Malik Beasley would score 21 points from for the T-Wolves. And uh, Nas Reed and rookie guard uh, Anthony Edwards would have 17 points in that game. A couple of notes uh, from that game uh, was Washington will go 55% from the field, 48% for three, over 48% from the three-point line. So, again, uh, shooting very well. 35 team assists, 40-plus rebounds. They would also outscore... Uh, well, also scored 56 points in the uh, paint and would outscore the Timberwolves 40-14 to 14 in the third quarter. That would pretty much be the boost that they needed to get that win. Uh, the only thing is uh, Russell Westbrook didn't even play. So, does that say that they don't need him? Does that say that, man, I don't know. That might, I mean, I don't know. I hope, I don't know the make of that. That throws me off a little bit. All right, we have an injury report. Uh, Danilo Gallinari, small forward for Den Denver. Uh, he did get it. He suffered an injury Thursday night uh, in the win versus Brooklyn. He's been uh, sidelined for the past few days, and he's affected to miss at least two weeks uh, after an MRI. Um, again, shoulder sprain. You know, shoulder sprain. The injury would occur in the first quarter after some contact with Kyrie. So again, Danilo Gallinari, not a big factor for the, for the Nuggets right now, but he does score some points. Uh, but he is going to be out for a little bit. All right, we got some scores from last night. Uh, I plan on going over the standings, uh, like I said, uh, tomorrow night, uh, maybe Tuesday morning, uh, just depending on when I get out this, uh, like I said, the YouTube shit. Um, moving on to some scores last night, we got the Rockets getting the best of the Kings, 102 to 94. Uh, the Rockets are at 2-2. Two and two. Uh, Both teams are at 500, actually. Uh, the Rockets are at 2-2. Two and two. The Kings are 3-3. Three and three. Uh, For the Kings, they were led by Harrison Barnes. 19 points from him, 7 rebounds. Buddy Heald would have 17 points, 4 rebounds, and 2 assists. And De'Aaron Fox would have 23 points, 4 rebounds, and 2 assists. Uh, for the Rockets, John Wall would have 28 points, 6 assists, and 4 rebounds. Eric Gordon would have 21 points and 4 assists, as well as 3 rebounds. And center, Christian Wood would have 20 points and 15 rebounds. James Harden was nowhere to be found. I don't know. Maybe he's in another strip club last, uh, last night. I don't know. Uh, for Sack, they would go 38, sorry, 38% from the field and just go 9 of 28 from the uh, from three. Damn. So, you know, despite the Aaron Fox getting some 20s, getting 20 points, Harrison Barnes getting 19, and Buddy Hill getting 17, uh, it was very inefficient. So, uh, the Rockets would have 10 blocks and would force 10 steals. So, a very good defensive performance for them. Uh, altogether, the Kings would have 14 turnovers. So, not a good look for them. Uh, for the Thunder, they get a win. Sorry, yes, they do to get a win over the Magic. Uh, 108 to 99. The Thunder are now two and three. The Magic moved to four and two. They are still in the top of the Eastern Conference. Go figure. For the Thunder, they were led by four. Darius Baisley, 19 points, 12 rebounds. George Hill would have 18 points and five assists. And Shy Hilgis Alexander, 16 points, seven assists, and five rebounds. The Magic uh, were led by Terrence Rossi with a 26 points, six rebounds, and two assists coming off of the bench. Nikola Vucevic would have 30 points and 13 rebounds. Aaron Gordon, uh, 15 points, 8 rebounds, and 5 assists. Uh, moving on, we got the Knicks getting it done against the Pacers, 106-102. to 102. Uh, We got the Hornets getting the win against the Sixers. Sorry, uh, taking an L here. Ooh, uh, we read that wrong. The Sixers beat the Hornets, 127-112. to 112. Uh, the Pelicans get a win against the Raptors, 120-116. to 116. And to cap off the night, the Hawks... Took an L to the Cav the Cavs, uh, ninety six uh, ninety six to ninety one. The oh my God, the the Cavs are four and both teams are four and two. Damn, ooh. For uh, the Cavaliers, Colin Sexton will lead the way with 27 points, 3 assists, and 2 rebounds. Uh, JaVale McGee, the big man, would have 14 points, 4 assists, and 9 rebounds. Andre, Rubin, uh, Andre Drummond would have 12 points, 11 rebounds. Uh, for DeAndre Hunter would have uh, 17 points, 5 rebounds, and 2 assists. Uh, Clint Capella and Trey Young were both. It's for the Hawks, by the way. Um, and uh, Clint Capella and Trey Young would have both have 16 points each. Uh, Clint Capella would have 16 rebounds to that, and Young would add, would add 10 assists and 4 rebounds to his totals. All right, y'all, that is about it. Um, aside from uh, wrapping up with today's episode, what else I got going on? Of course, I told you guys about the special report. 
about these NFL ratings and what it all means and why these people keep making these uh, making a big deal about them. Um, also, we have, uh, of course, like I said, my compare and contrast between Washington and well, my my contrasting of Washington State and Washington D.C. Again, we are going into the new year knowing that there are differences between the two and knowing not to distinguish. We are knowing how to distinguish the two. Okay. Um, also, uh, I got my worst Republican cities uh, that I got working on. I'm working on that, and um, yeah, we got some other stuff, but that's in the that's in the future. Um, my birthday is coming up, y'all. Um, on Thursday, probably won't hear from me then. Um, yeah, it's a I'll be thirty, so that's a cool thing. Uh, check up in on how I'm doing. Um, I'm cool, y'all. Uh, I'm just working. Um looking to get a new whip a truck specifically so if y'all got any suggestions on trucks used trucks particularly um actually i have no real preference in mind although i probably will have a budget coming into it i particularly don't want something over a hundred thousand miles but if that's what I, my budget can fit into i'm probably looking at the best of the hundred thousand mile trucks that's just me as far as what else i got going on living my life, um, doing a single thing, really being cool with that. I'm really um, taking some time to self-reflect on myself. And I got more time to work on this. Shit. Um, I've been good. Yeah, I got a lot of plans. Like I said, I want to get the car, the truck pretty soon. Um, eventually, uh, well, I, one of my biggest things, I've, I've been so busy with this show and everything, I kind of put my uh, my studies on the back burner. I have to teach myself about finance, uh, financial stuff, uh, referring to like the stock market. Uh, I got some uh, materials for that. I've also been teaching myself accounting. I'm a little bit mad because I've been pushing that aside for right now. Eventually, I'll get back into it. Eventually, because eventually, I plan on getting back into school, finish off this degree. Um, just trying to figure out what classes might be for me or what I might want to focus in uh, when I get back into it. So that's what I'm doing now, just trying to enrich myself personally with all the free time I got. So, yeah, like I said, anybody got some suggestions for, you know, a truck, let me know. Like I said, the birthday's coming up. If you want to give me a personal birthday shout out, thank you. It goes a long way. Um, nothing else is going on outside of the, of the work that I got to do, y'all. So if you need to hit me up, hit me up on the email, the Gmails, uh, ljbutler75 at gmail.com. That is eljbutler75 at the Gmail account. You can also hit me up at ljamah791 on Instagram, eljamah791. E-L-J-A-M-A-H-791, L-Jamal-791 on the Instagram. And then, of course, I got the Never Out of Bounds page on Facebook. That's it. You know how I be. All right, y'all. Uh, if anybody hasn't told you yet, I love you. Peace out. One love. And I'll holler at you guys later.